Beloved, I once again greet you all in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord has enabled us to gather here in this holy place to worship Him and give all glory to Him. Today, I would like to share with you a few thoughts on the theme that was given to us today. This Sunday is called Ecumenical Sunday. And particularly, we always think of this Ecumenical Sunday and reflect on the unity that we should have with other denominations. Whenever we think of ecumenical program, we always think of other denominations, inviting them and sing along with them and have some other program. <clears throat> but at the same time, today I would like to deal with this topic in a different angle. <clears throat> Since you are an educated crowd, I would like to take you a little higher than what we usually think on this Ecumenical Sunday. <clears throat> of course, we all know unity is not uniformity. Even though <clears throat> sometimes we tried it in CSI, we said, let all the denomination come together, have one liturgy, one vestment for the pastor. But at the same time, we should always realize we should come together for certain cause. Particularly, I don't think uh, church unity will come with all the denomination coming together, forming one church in India. I don't think Roman Catholics will join us or Pentecostal will join us and have one church in India. But at the same time, we can come together for a particular cause that will definitely give a credibility and stability to our unity as Christian community. Now, today's topic tells us that we are called to unite for a particular cause, that is, to do justice and seek peace. So, we have three words in the theme, unity, justice, and peace. Let me say a few words about each key words and how they are interconnected. <clears throat> we all know the issue with regard to justice is so enormous. We cannot deal with the, those issues single-handedly or one church. We have to come together particularly if you look at the situation in India, the problem of poverty or unemployment or violence or so many other atrocities are taking place in India, we cannot deal with that as one church. People have to come together. You have to unite together to fight for justice. We cannot do it alone. Now, as we think of justice, we should also think that God is a God of justice. And peace is something that we achieve as we establish justice in this world. So in this connection, so we have to think of justice because our God is a God of justice and the ultimate goal is to give peace to all people. Because only when justice prevails, 
peace can exist. In order to illustrate this, I would like to show you a video. It's an old one, but uh, recently Mr. Samuel Chanda sent it to us. So I want you to watch this video and think of what is the flaw in that video. You there, second desk at Blue Jacket. What is your name? My name is Alexis. Alexis, please leave my lecture room. I don't want to see you at one of my lectures ever again. I don't understand. I am not going to ask a second time. Uh, thank you. Why are there laws? What are laws for? Anyone? Social order? To protect a person's personal rights. So that you can rely on the government? Justice? Thank you. Tell me. Was I unfair to your classmate just now? Indeed I was. So, why didn't any of you protest? Why didn't any of you try and stop me? Why didn't you want to prevent this injustice? You see, what you have just learnt, you wouldn't have understood in a thousand hours of lectures unless you lived it. You didn't say anything because you weren't affected yourself. And this attitude speaks against you and against life. <laughs> you think it doesn't concern you, so it's none of your business. Well, I'm here to say, if you don't help bring about justice, then one day you too may experience injustice and there will be nobody there to stand before you. Truth and justice lives through us all and, and, and we must fight for it. Because in life and work, I mean, we often live next to each other, but not with each other. We console ourselves that the problems of others are nothing to do with us, none of our business. And we go home glad at night that we're spared, but it's about standing up for each other. Every day an injustice happens in business, sport, or on the tram. Relying on someone else to take care of it is not good enough. It is our duty to be there for others, to speak up for others when they cannot. I am here to teach you the power of your voice. I want you to learn critical thinking to empower you to stand up for what is right, even if it means going against what everyone else is doing. Let's begin. It's a very powerful video. 
what is the flaw in that? I don't know. <clears throat> what is the flaw? Anyway, I'll, I'll tell it. If it's a small group, I can <clears throat> ask you to speak. After hearing the powerful message from the professor, at the end, no student has said, sir, let the girl come in. Isn't it? Yes. When God calls us to seek justice and do justice, the Lord wants us to obey. Now, I would like to share a few Bible verses that clearly says that Christians ought to get involved in justice-related matters because our God is a God of justice. First, let me draw your attention to Genesis chapter 4 where we see the story of Cain and Abel. <clears throat> when Cain killed Abel, this is what God said. The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. God hears the cry of the victims. He hears the cry of the blood shed on this ground. It's not the first family. Right from that beginning till now, blood are being shed all over this world. People are being killed. Even in the book of Revelation, we see the same verse. The blood of the martyrs are crying to me, crying to God. So we know God is concerned about injustice. This next verse, Genesis chapter 18 Verse 19, there we see God calling Abraham and saying, with regard to his calling of Abraham, I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Why did God call Abraham? Of course, to bless him, and through him, he could bless the whole nation so that we could have a savior in his, in his line. But not only that, here this Bible verse clearly says, I called Abraham and his children and all his descendants, that the whole Israel community, so that they could do righteous things and justice. I'll explain the difference between justice and righteousness a little later. The next, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. That means God's ruling. When we acknowledge that God rules this world, He wants righteousness and justice to be in this world. Let me move on to the next one. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17 and Amos. Both the prophets, I think all the prophets were against injustice. Isaiah says, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression. And he said, let justice roll down like waters. And righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Particularly, you can, uh, you can see Amos chapter 8, where he clearly says how God rebuked the people who were involved in injustice. 
in just acts. Let me read a few phrases from verse 5 to 6. Hear this. You who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end. Let me move on to the sixth word. You buy the poor for silver, the needy for a pair of sandals, and sell the chaff of the wheat. So we, here we see God is very much against injustice. Now, what is justice? Definitely we have to deal with this topic because we are children of God and our God is a God of justice. So these are some of the definitions that we find in some of the dictionaries and given by some people. Fairness in the way people are dealt with. Or you can say treating people in equitable or fair way. Genuine respect for people, impartial treatment, are the, some of the phrases that we see as definitions of justice. Plato defined it in a slightly different way, but we can accept that definition too. He said, everyone having what belongs to them and doing what they are responsible for. In other words, every just person is expected to contribute to the society, to the welfare of other people. And everyone receives what he deserves according to his contribution. Now, with regard to justice, there are different types of justice. It's good to know that. I know the lawyers know it very well. I'm treading into that field. But it's good to know, every Christian should to know the different types of justice. One is distributive justice. We all know the definition by the phrase, fairness in what people receive. That is, people receive what they deserve. People are hungry, they need food. So we have to give them food. They need clothing. So God wants them to have this clothing. So distributive justice. It ranges from goods to attention to. So God wants his resources, God created resources, to be enjoyed by everyone. So even in distribution of resources, God wants to see justice. The second one, procedural justice. And we all know that by procedure, we have to serve justice. For example, it means a fair, transparent, impartial procedure taken when serving justice. And we all know in legal court, they hear the accused too before they pass judgment. Then the third one is restorative justice. We see that in the Bible too, restorative. It means giving back what one deserves giving back what one deserves. I will quote the Bible verses a little later. Or what one person really owns or taken by a betrayer. So judges are always involved in many cases where people snatch away their own lands, somebody else's land, and it is the judge, judge's 
tasked to help the person who lost the land or the property to regain the property. The fourth one is retributive justice. That is, when judges pass punishment, they aim to dissuade the perpetration of justice, injustice. In other words, to prevent future wrongdoings. Many a time, the punishment is not equal, but at the same time, the punishments are given so that the perpetration of unjust act should not be there. And God did it. And at the same time, there are little problems with that. Sometimes people go to extreme um, position and the equal amount of punishment is not given. For example, uh, sometimes people catch people <clears throat> who are suspected to be kidnappers or thieves. But the whole crowd, the mob comes and attacks that person. Finally, the person dies. Okay? So sometimes we have to be very, very careful with retributive uh, justice. At the same time, Bible also talks about social justice. We should always bear that in mind. What is social justice? So much is being talked about in the political arena, but we are concerned because God is concerned about it. This is helping people to have equal access to wealth, education, etc., by giving certain privileges, certain privileges to the oppressed or the poor. Because uh, we all know, as uh, Amatya Sen defines poverty as inability to access basic standard of living. Now, social justice makes us to help those people, underprivileged people, to come up in life. We know that our congregation is very much involved in, in this particular ministry. What exactly is this? Let me illustrate. Suppose there is a four-feet wall. And the students want to watch the football match that is going on the other side. But they are not of the same height. The tall person, he can look over the wall and watch the football. But what about the little kids? They also want to watch the football match. So what do they do? The parents bring some wooden stools and make the little child to stand on the stool so that the little child can also watch the football match. Now, providing that wooden stool is what is involved in social justice. Whether it be reservation or giving a quota or giving scholarship or running a tuition center, all these are involved in social justice. Is God talking about it? I'll give you two Bible passage passages. I've given it here. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and Leviticus chapter 25. There we see God asking his own people, Israelites, descendants of Abraham, to forgive debts. Is it just you gave somebody some money, that's your money, 
he is unable to pay for the debt for six years. On the seventh day, the sabbatical year, the Lord says, forgive the debt. Forget about it. See, the other people will say, how can we do that? It's our money. We gave them. He owes that money to me. How can I simply forgive, forgive the debt? But the Lord says, no, you forgive. You are my people. I'm your God. You want me to bless you? Obey me. Forgive the debt. Then in verse 4, God gives the reason. So that there will be no poor in Israel. By forgiving debts, the Lord wants to equalize people. In Leviticus chapter 25, he talks about, there we read about Jubilee year, 50th year. That is after four, uh, seven, seven years, 49 years, 50th year. There the Lord says, even somebody has mortgaged that land. Forgive the debt, give back the land to the family. If somebody comes to your house as a slave, let him work till the jubilee year. Whether he worked for 49 years or 30 years or 25 years, on 50th year, send him back to his family. Suppose a person comes as a slave at the age of 25. If the jubilee year falls on his 50th birthday, send him. Let him go and enjoy the fellowship of his own family. Dear brothers, here we see God seek justice. Not only that, he wants his children. He wants his children to get involved in just acts. Now I share with you just one point and play another video and place before you a challenge. God is concerned about justice. Definitely. And we too are called to be concerned about justice. But the scripture also says we should go beyond justice. Beyond justice. That is called righteousness. That is called righteousness. As I said earlier, it is just that a person who receives the money owes to another person should return that amount. That is just. But God says forgive. That is righteousness. If somebody commits a crime, he has to be punished. And Jesus takes our punishment upon him. We should be punished. That is justice. But Jesus taking our punishment or one person taking punishment for the other person, or somebody pays debt for the other person, that is righteousness. Let me give you an historical uh, uh, example for that. In England, at one particular time, <clears throat> people were in debt, and they suffered a lot. Sometimes, when 
a person, a father or mother had to pay some money, the person who loaned the money will inform the government, the police will arrest them and put them in prison just because they are unable to pay the debt. After some time, the owner will say, transport them to Australia. This happened. Transport them to Australia. Let them work there in my land over there and repay the debt. So many times, people were taken in cages to aboard the ship so that they could be transported to Australia. Many a time, they will be taken in a cage and the children will run after the cage crying for their mother or father. But they will be forcefully taken to Australia. You know what the church did? Particularly Salvation Army, William Booth, Pastor William Booth and his wife Elizabeth Booth, they collected money from the church, paid the debt, redeemed fathers and mothers, and reunited them with the family, the children. Dear brothers, that is righteousness. We are called to get involved in righteous acts. I've just given you a list of what we can do. First, do not get involved in unjust act. Seek justice always. As Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, whatever is just, think about it. Think about it. Secondly, help the people who suffer due to injustice. As we read in Deuteronomy chapter 15, and Leviticus 25. Help those people. Three, raise your voice against injustice in appropriate forums. That is also necessary. As Amos did, let us also do the same. Fourthly, get involved in projects of righteousness and set things right. Because in Romans chapter 6, verse 13, St. Paul says, Present your members of your body as instruments of righteousness. Let your body, let your uh, members in the body do something to do justice and help the people who experience injustice. And finally, whenever you get involved in matters relating to justice, you may have to suffer. You may have to suffer. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 17, the Lord says, Blessed are those who suffer for righteousness' sake. They will see the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to show another video. It talks about a particular ministry. And you're going to watch that. It's a true story. God used one single person to change the situation in states. Let's watch this. Can one person make a difference?
ஆதரவு யாரும் இல்ல அன்பை தர தந்த இல்ல போகும் பாதை தெரியவில்லை பூத்த பூவில் வாசம் இல்ல நெஞ்சமே நெஞ்சமே எழுத கண்ணீரில் கார்மேகோ நீர் சிந்து கண்ணீரில் உயிர் வேகும் நெஞ்சமே நெஞ்சமே வானத்துக்கு எல்லை இல்ல பாசத்துக்கு பஞ்சம் இல்ல தந்தை பாசம் கிடைக்கவில்லை தாயும் கூட கிட்ட இல்ல குற்றங்களை செய்து செய்து கூண்டு கிளியாயிருந்தோம் தேவன் அவர் தூதுவரால் எங்களை ஆதவன் போல கலையில் பூக்க வேறு ஒன்றில்லை ஆண்டவர் போல நம்மை காக்க யாரும் இங்கில்லை தாய் போல தாலாட்டி தந்தை போல சீராட்டி கண்ணின் மணி போல் வாழ்வையும் கரத்திலே அர்ப்பணிக்கின்றோம் அணிபோல் காக்கும் தேவனே எங்கள் வாழ்வையும் கரத்திலே அர்ப்பணிக்கின்றோம் எசுவே உமந்து பெரியது and believe me this is going to be such a life uh, changing transforming experience for you so so i walked in they closed the shutters and they all pulled their guns the issue is not having fathers at home wash your children's feet and ask for forgiveness amne sal raha another program is called proverbs 226 which works throughout both south carolina and north carolina to help reconnect inmates with their families. Proverbs 226 founder Cyril Prabhu. And what we experienced that day was the reconnection of inmates with their children. Now when I die, right? Here is what I want people to write in my tombstone. This guy defended fatherless. Hmm. மார்ச் மாசம் படத்தை எடுத்துட்டு 2 out of 3 former prisoners are rearrested 
and I wanted to do something about it. The Bible is clear on helping those who are in prison. What did you have in mind? We create this area inside the prison where these incarcerated parents create backpacks of school supplies for their children. Then how would you get them to the children? We'll invite them to the prison. Can I help you? Hi, I'm Cyril. These are the backpacks for your children. We're good. Your father sent it for you. My father? Mm-hmm. See, it has your name on it. Anthony? Yeah? Your father sent me. He sent the backpack. Tell him I don't want anything to do with him. Tell him to keep his stupid school crap. Anthony. These are the men that can make your dreams come true. Is that congressman? I do not care what you have done. Stop! Stop! Two and I do not care about your life behind these bars. All I care about is your children. That they never have to come here. And I will turn children's hearts back to their parents. We have to break the cycle. story about God inspiring one person called Cyril Prabhu. He was challenged to unite the prisoners with the family, particularly the children. Initially, of course, he faced opposition, but as time went by, God made him as an instrument to bring peace in the family of prisoners with the children. If God inspires, let our church also get involved in prison ministry so that we could be instruments in the hands of God to do righteous things. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for this blessed morning. You called us to come together as one church to seek justice and do righteous acts. We commit ourselves into your loving hands, O oh Lord. You're the God of justice and you want us as your children, as part of the new Israel to get involved in justice-related matters. We commit ourselves to your loving hands, O Lord. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us and help us to get involved in the ministries of justice and righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beloved, I once again greet you all in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord has enabled us to gather here in this holy place to worship Him and give all glory to Him. <clears throat> Today, I would like to share with you a few thoughts on the theme that was given to us today. 
This Sunday is called Ecumenical Sunday. And particularly, we always think of this Ecumenical Sunday and reflect on the unity that we should have with other denominations. Whenever we think of ecumenical program, we always think of other denominations, inviting them and sing along with them and have some other program. <clears throat> but at the same time, today I would like to deal with this topic in a different angle. <clears throat> Since you are educated crowd, I would like to take you a little higher than what we usually think on this Ecumenical Sunday. <clears throat> of course, we all know unity is not uniformity. Even though <clears throat> sometimes we tried it in CSI, we said, let all the denomination come together, have one liturgy, one vestment for the pastor. But at the same time, we should always realize we should come together for certain cause. Particularly, I don't think uh, church unity will come with all the denomination coming together, forming one church in India. I don't think Roman Catholics will join us or Pentecostal will join us and have one church in India. But at the same time, we can come together for a particular cause. That will definitely give a credibility and stability to our unity as Christian community. Now, today's topic tells us that we are called to unite for a particular cause. That is, to do justice and seek peace. So we have three words in the theme, unity, justice, and peace. Let me say a few words about each key words and how they are interconnected. <clears throat> we all know the issue with regard to justice is so enormous. We cannot deal with those issues single-handedly or one church. We have to come together, particularly if you look at the situation in India, the problem of poverty or unemployment or violence or so many other atrocities are taking place in India. We cannot deal with that as one church. People have to come together. You have to unite together to fight for justice. We cannot do it alone. Now, as we think of justice, we should also think that God is a God of justice. And peace is something that we achieve as we establish justice in this world. So in this connection, so we have to think of justice because our God is a God of justice and the ultimate goal is to give peace to all people. Because only when justice prevails, peace can exist. In order to illustrate this, I would like to show you a video. It's an old one, but uh, recently Mr. Samuel Chanda sent it to us. So I want you to watch this video and think of what is the flaw in that video. 
It's a very powerful video. <clears throat> what is the flaw in that? I don't know. <clears throat> what is the flaw? Anyway, I'll, I'll tell it. If it is a small group, I can <clears throat> ask you to speak. After hearing the powerful message from the professor, at the end, no student has said, sir, let the girl come in. Isn't it? Yes. When God calls us to seek justice and do justice, the Lord wants us to obey. Now, I would like to share a few Bible verses that clearly says that Christians ought to get involved in justice-related matters because our God is a God of justice. First, let me draw your attention to Genesis chapter 4 where we see the story of Cain and Abel. <clears throat> when Cain killed Abel, this is what God said. The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. God hears the cry of the victims. He hears the cry of the blood shed on this ground. It's not the first family Right from that beginning till now, blood are being shed all over this world. People are being killed. Even in the book of Revelation, we see the same verse. The blood of the martyrs are crying to me, crying to God. So we know God is concerned about injustice. This next verse, Genesis chapter 18 Verse 19, there we see God calling Abraham and saying, with regard to his calling of Abraham, I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Why did God call Abraham? Of course, to bless him, and through him, he could bless the whole nation so that we could have a savior in his, in his line. But not only that, here this Bible verse clearly says, I called Abraham and his children and all his descendants, that the whole Israel community, so that they could do righteous things and justice. I'll explain the difference between justice and righteousness a little later. The next, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. That means God's ruling. When we acknowledge that God rules this world, He wants righteousness and justice to be in this world. Let me move on to the next one. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17 and Amos. Both the prophets, I think all the prophets were against injustice. Isaiah says, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression. And he said, let justice roll down like waters. And righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Particularly, you can, uh, you can see Amos chapter 8, where he clearly says how God 
rebuked the people who were involved in injustice, unjust acts. Let me read a few phrases from verse 5 to 6. Hear this. You who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end. Let me move on to the sixth word. You buy the poor for silver, the needy for a pair of sandals, and sell the chaff of the wheat. So we, here we see God is very much against injustice. Now, what is justice? Definitely we have to deal with this topic because we are children of God and our God is a God of justice. These are some of the definitions that we find in some of the dictionaries and given by some people. Fairness in the way people are dealt with. Or you can say treating people in equitable or fair way. Genuine respect for people, impartial treatment, are the, some of the phrases that we see as definitions of justice. Plato defined it in a slightly different way, but we can accept that definition too. He said, everyone having what belongs to them and doing what they are responsible for. In other words, every just person is expected to contribute to the society, to the welfare of other people. And everyone receives what he deserves according to his contribution. Now, with regard to justice, there are different types of justice. It's good to know that. I know the lawyers know it very well. I'm treading into that field. But it's good to know, every Christian should to know the different types of justice. One is distributive justice. We all know the definition by the phrase, fairness in what people receive. That is, people receive what they deserve. People are hungry, they need food. So we have to give them food. They need clothing. So God wants them to have this clothing. So distributive justice, it ranges from goods to attention to. So God wants his resources, God created resources, to be enjoyed by everyone. So even in distribution of resources, God wants to see justice. The second one, procedural justice, and we all know that by procedure, we have to serve justice. For example, it means a fair, transparent, impartial procedure taken when serving justice. And we all know in legal court, they hear the accused too before they pass judgment. Then the third one is restorative justice. We see that in the Bible too, restorative. It means giving back what one deserves. Giving back what one deserves. I will quote the Bible verses a little later. Or what one person really owns or taken by a betrayer. So judges are always involved in many cases where people snatch away their own lands, 
somebody else's land and it is the judge judge's task to help the person who lost the land or the property to regain the property the fourth one is distributive justice that is when judges pass punishment they aim to dissuade the perpetration of justice injustice in other words to prevent future wrongdoings many a time the punishment is not equal but at the same time the punishments are given so that the perpetration of unjust act should not be there and god did it and at the same time there are little problem with that sometimes people go to extreme um, position and the equal amount of punishment is not given for example uh, sometimes people catch people <clears throat> who are suspected to be kidnappers or thieves but the whole crowd the mob comes and attacks that person finally the person dies okay so sometimes we have to be very very careful with retributive uh, justice at the same time bible also talks about social justice we should always bear that in mind what is social justice so much is being talked about in the political arena but we are concerned because god is concerned about this is helping people to have equal access to wealth education etc by giving certain privileges certain privileges to the oppressed or the poor because uh, we all know as uh, amatya sen defines poverty as inability to access basic standard of living now social justice makes us to help those people underprivileged people to come up in life we know that our congregation is very much involved in, in this particular ministry what exactly is this let me illustrate suppose there is a 4 feet wall and the students wants to watch the football match that is going on the other side but they are not of the same height the tall person he can look over the wall and watch the football but what about the little kids they also want to watch the football match so what do they do the parents bring some wooden stools and make the little child to stand on the stool so that the little child can also watch the football match now providing that wooden stool is what is involved in social justice whether it be reservation or giving a quota or giving a scholarship or running a tuition center all these are involved in social justice is god talking about it i'll give you two bible passage passages i've given it here deuteronomy chapter 15 and leviticus chapter 25 there we see god asking his own people israelites descendants of abraham to forgive debts is it just 
you gave somebody some money that's your money he is unable to pay for the debt for 6 years on the seventh day the sabbatical year the lord says forgive the debt forget about it see the other people will say how can we do that it's our money we gave them he owes that money to me how can i simply forgive forgive the debt but the lord says no you forgive you are my people i am your god you want me to bless you obey me forgive the debt then in verse 4 god gives the reason so that there will be no poor in israel by forgiving debts the lord wants to equalize people in leviticus chapter 25 he talks about there we read about jubilee year 50th year that is after 4 7 uh, 7 years 49 years 50th year there the lord says even somebody has mortgaged that land forgive the debt give back the land to the family if somebody comes to your house as a slave let him work till the jubilee year whether he worked for 49 years or 30 years or 25 years on 50th year send him back to his family suppose a person comes as a slave at the age of 25 if the jubilee year falls on his 50th birthday send him let him go and enjoy the fellowship of his own family dear brothers here we see god seek justice not only that he wants his children he wants his children to get involved in just acts now i share with you just one point <clears throat> and play another video and place before you a challenge god is concerned about justice definitely and we too are called to be concerned about justice but the scripture also says we should go beyond justice beyond justice that is called righteousness that is called righteousness as i said earlier it is just that a person who receives the money owes to another person should return that amount that is just but god says forgive that is righteousness if somebody commits a crime he has to be punished and jesus takes our punishment upon him we should be punished that is justice but jesus taking our punishment or one person taking punishment for the other person or somebody pays debt for the other person that is righteousness let me give you an historical uh, uh, example for that in england at one particular time <clears throat> people were in debt and they suffered a lot 
Sometimes, when a person, a father or mother, had to pay some money, the person who loaned the money will inform the government, the police will arrest them and put them in prison, just because they are unable to pay the debt. After some time, the owner will say, transport them to Australia. This happened. Transport them to Australia. Let them work there in my land over there and repay the debt. So many a time, people were taken in cages to aboard the ship so that they could be transported to Australia. Many a time, they will be taken in a cage and the children will run after the cage crying for their mother or father. But they will be forcefully taken to Australia. You know what the church did? Particularly Salvation Army, William Booth, Pastor William Booth and his wife Elizabeth Booth, they collected money from the church, paid the debt, redeemed fathers and mothers, and reunited them with a family, a children. Dear brothers, that is righteousness. We are called to get involved in righteous acts. I've just given you a list of what we can do. First, do not get involved in unjust act. Seek justice always. As Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, whatever is just, think about it. Think about it. Secondly, help the people who suffer due to injustice. As we read in Deuteronomy chapter 15, and Leviticus 25. Help those people. Three, raise your voice against injustice in appropriate forums. That is also necessary. As Amos did, let us also do the same. Fourthly, get involved in projects of righteousness and set things right. Because in Romans chapter 6, verse 13, St. Paul says, Present your members of your body as instruments of righteousness. Let your body, let your uh, members in the body do something to do justice and help the people who experience injustice. And finally, whenever you get involved in matters relating to justice, you may have to suffer. You may have to suffer. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 17, the Lord says, Blessed are those who suffer for righteousness' sake. They will see the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to show another video. It talks about a particular ministry. And you're going to watch that. It's a true story. God used one single person to change the situation in states. Let's watch this.
story about God inspiring one person called Cyril Prabhu. He was challenged to unite the prisoners with a family, particularly the children. Initially, of course, he faced opposition. But as time went by, God made him as an instrument to bring peace in the family of prisoners with the children. If God inspires, let our church also get involved in prison ministry so that we could be instruments in the hands of God to do righteous things. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for this blessed morning. You called us to come together as one church to seek justice and do righteous acts. We commit ourselves into your loving hands, O oh Lord. You're the God of justice and you want us as your children, as part of the new Israel, to get involved in justice-related matters. We commit ourselves into loving hands, O oh Lord. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us and help us to get involved in the ministries of justice and righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.